And with that, welcome to the Salty Dogs Podcast. Yo! Good morning. Episode 11. Maybe it's a- afternoon or evening or middle of the night when you're listening. I don't know when people listen. I don't know if people listen. If you listen, tell us that you listen so we don't, we don't waste our breath. We don't know who you are, but we will find you. <laughs> we possess a certain <laughs> set of skills. <laughs> Good luck. Welcome to episode 11, guys. We are hashtag ending patriarchy today. We have our first female... Estrogen yes. producing. I promised I wouldn't use that phrase, but I used it anyway. Twice. Oh, no. Twice <laughs> now. Once when we weren't, weren't recording and once now that we are recording. <laughs> so we have Christine Smith. Woot, woot. Uh-oh. Oh, she threw the woot down. She, she threw I the woot that down. a long time. <laughs> she raised the roof, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. We're excited <laughs> to have Christine on. Christine is very near and dear to both Casey and I. I met uh, Christine. When did I meet you? 2010. No, 08 in the hospital. Oh, I met her in 08. Yeah, that was a wild situation. We can tell that story on a different day, but it's true. there yep. was immediate... I'm pretty sure my, I was in a wild situation when I met her, too. <laughs> yeah, I would pretty, say so. <laughs> I, would, I would say the past seven years that I've been here have been pretty wild. And Yeah. Anyways, we love Christine. I ended up marrying her sister, which well, she yeah. hoped and prayed for, and the power of prayer, people. Oh, if yeah. you're out there and you have a sibling who's unmarried... Pray for them to marry someone you care for. <laughs> yes. That's what Christine did, and it happened. So, yeah. So maybe Christine will pray for you for your sibling to get married to someone that you love and love. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Dude, so, we, could, dude, we could totally start a business, man. Why do a dating website when you could have Christine pray? You, you, if you want to be with that person, call yeah. Christine. She'll pray and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayerforspouses.com. Use use uh, use the discount code Salty Dogs Cast and you'll get thirty percent off of your first prayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh we laugh. We're going back. Yeah. We do the yeah. pre market. Hey, we'll end up on TBN in no time. Yeah, oh, dude. Dear. Oh gosh. Yeah. The Fortune. Fu- what is that? I don't know. What's it called? The Five Hundred Club. Is that? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't even we're, know. We're true. not. We're not. You have to have a personal jet to be get invited. To to be get to get invited to that club, hmm. Kenneth Copeland. I don't think we. Qualify. I'm so fly. I'm on a G6 or something like that. I don't know. Uh-huh. I probably shouldn't have name dropped anything. Anyways, Why? doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> we love Cop- Christians. Kenneth Copeland. We love anyone who's the spreading Lord. the gospel. Yes, except those who are peddling it for money and selfish gain. Yeah. Is this right? I still love them. I'll just be Well, honest. I love them. Yeah, I didn't mean but I hate them. But I don't love what they're doing. I don't love them. I love the sinner, but I hate the sin. Okay. Right? All right, so we need to... Wow, we, yeah. Yeah, Christine's that, like, get on with it. You that, guys are being too silly for yeah, me. Well, yeah. We, uh, that escalated quickly. That, very, that did escalate quickly. I love it. The banter is fantastic. It's a real thing. It's bantastic banter. <laughs> yep. So Christine Smith, we love her. We have a lot of backstory. Um, we don't have to get into all that, but we invited Christine on the podcast today. Uh, it seems like our guest and the topics that we we dive into typically are birthed out of um, conversations we just have on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, Casey and I were talking about trees and branches one day, and so it's like, hey, let's let's talk about that on the podcast. And so just the other day, I was talking to Christine about mothers and fathers spiritual mother fathers and the faith and uh she i was picking up my daughter from her house she she babysits cares for and loves our daughter illy on a weekly basis monday through friday for us i was picking her up 
And uh, we're there in the kitchen, and Christine's cooking like she always does. She makes really wonderful food. Thank and you. Um, I just, I don't know, I don't know how I got, I don't know if you remember the conversation, but we just started talking about spiritual mothers and fathers and, and we, we say we got on one. We just, you know, we get passionate. We, we see scripture, we see some of the things that are, are happening or not happening, uh, with, you know, the mission of Christ, making disciples, baptizing, teaching them to obey exactly what Jesus has commanded. And, um, one, we have the passion to do those things, and two, I, f- I feel like often I find myself in a place where I don't really know how to do those things because the things that I've seen done aren't, I don't feel like are fully, they're not the fullness of what Jesus intended right. in that mission statement. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. And I believe there's a fullness to be achieved. Um, we like to use the phrase kingdom order. I believe that there's kingdom order that should happen through um, the Great Commission, you know, baptize and make disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. So I just, I get passionate about that kind of stuff, and, and, and I want to see disciples made. I want, people to, I want people to know Christ more than I want people to know about Christ. I think we can all agree with that yes. statement. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, just to get us kicked off, and typically this is how this goes, is I'll read the scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3? 2, 5 through 12. Three, two. <laughs> it's chapter First Thessalonians, chapter two, and and um, actually, you know, it's one of those things where you read the Bible often, and there are um, certain things that pop out certain seasons in your life. It's like I never read that. You know, it's like how did I never read this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, did you know this was here? <laughs> Do the scholars know? <laughs> um, and and so this is one of these times where I was uh, actually uh, taking some uh, Tumi classes, urban Minist- the Urban Ministry Institute. And I was in a Tumi class, and uh, Dr. Don Davis was was talking about um, mothers and fathers in the faith, and um, he's he read the scripture from Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, chapter two, and and just kind of like blew my mind. I was like, whoa. That's pretty nuts, man. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and so let me read it, and then I think this will give us a jumping off point. Um, it says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our visit with you was not without result. On the contrary, after we had previously suffered and we were treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, we were emboldened by our God to speak the gospel of God to you in spite of the great opposition. That'll preach on it in itself. For our exhortation didn't come from error or impurity or intent to deceive. Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but rather God who examines our hearts. That also will preach. <laughs> For we never used flattering speech, as you know, or had greedy motives. God is our witness, and we didn't seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Although we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, instead, we were gentle among you as a nursing mother nurturing her own children. And we cared, as, we cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. For you remember our labor and hardship, brothers, working night and day so that we would not burden any of you. Uh, we preached God's gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how devoutly, righteously, and blamelessly we conducted ourselves with you believers. As you know, like a father with his own children, 
We encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And so this is our kind what of What version is that? This is, uh, I don't know, I, I'm actually reading from a from the Houston's First Baptist Church Bible. That it's I a wholesome Christian, let me see. Holman, her, Christian, Holman Standard. Christian Standard. Holman Dang, Christian Standard. I was going to say, dude, a lot of that's not even in my version right there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very close to what What are you reading? I'm reading the ESV. The ESV? No, the one you sent me. Yeah, the ESV. Uh-huh. Did it still say like mothers and like fathers? It did, but that that opening, uh-huh. <laughs> the opening that you said, all it says about, uh, yeah, it just not it's not the same. Sure. Okay. okay. So anyway, well, yeah, not all versions are the same. Yeah, I know, but that <laughs> was so, a, that was a rather large chunk. So anyway, so, go ahead. So I read this, and first of all, I I read that he says. We cared for you so much that we were pleased not only to preach the gospel, um, but share also our lives with you. So preaching the gospel and sharing your life. And so I look at this. Sounds a bit like discipleship. (laughs) (laughs) And, And anyways, that just kind of blew my mind. And let me just say this, that the paradigm that I've come from and my walk in Christianity and, you know, being a church planter and stepping into quote unquote full time ministry, I think everybody should be full time ministry as Christians. Um, Are you, is it ever half time ministry? You know, I just really feel the Lord calling me to quarter time ministry. <laughs> you know, I should really just give twenty percent oh, of twenty five percent of my life to the Lord's work. I really want to go. I really want to go minister to that person, but I'm not in full time ministry, so I can't. <laughs> Do you want to go off on that? No, go ahead. <laughs> so. Uh, moving into full-time ministry, I knew, I mean, I knew I was going to be a pastor. I knew I was going to teach the word. I knew I was going to do these things. But I can't say that I had the same heart for the people I was ministering to that Paul had for the Thessalonians. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I'll preach the gospel, man. I'll teach the word. But he said, we all, we shared our lives with you. We nurtured you like a caring mother and we encouraged you and exhorted you like a loving father. And I was like, man, I don't know that I've ever really stepped into a role of a spiritual father for anybody, which I believe is a true image of what a, what a disciple maker should be doing. And I think the reason that I really didn't know how to do that and the reason I didn't know to do that is that I myself have been a spiritual orphan for the yeah. majority of my Christian life. Yeah, or, or adolescent, man, you know... We typically look down on adolescents having children too, you know what I mean? And so how can you be a mother or a father when you yourself are a child? You know, it takes time. You know, that takes time. And I like what you said, man, the perfect image. Yeah, no, the perfect image of the father, man, right? So God, mother, nurturing, and father, encouraging, exhortation. Discipline. Right. So, you know, fathers, don't be harsh with your children unless they become discouraged. You know, encouraging and, you know, motivating you forward. So you have the perfect image of God right there, mother Mm -hmm. and father. So, sorry, I just wanted to say that. Well, I I want to open it up for Christine to kind of give her two cents. I know that she has a lot to say about this, and she is our guest. Two or three cents. (laughs) She has some sense. She has, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not if just it, two cents. She has like ten cents. If nice. it don't make dollars, she's, it don't make sense. She's so. really, she's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christine, tell us a little bit, uh, just kind of what what's going on in your brain and. 
Well, um, my background's completely different than yours, and I think that uh, I did have a spiritual mother and father from since I was pretty young. Jonathan and Connie Workman yes. were definitely like that to me. That's awesome. As, where, as well as a couple other people. And uh, I never felt like an orphan, you know. Um, even though I came from, you know, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't have um, a Christian upbringing, I wouldn't say, nothing like that. Um, I had most of my family being anti-Christians. Yeah. And so for me, um, I didn't understand Christianity until I was thrown into it, and finally someone started discipling me. And mm-hmm. um, so when that happened... I had a really good example, I think, of yeah. a spiritual mother and father. And that became, we became family. The group mm-hmm. that I was in, it was, I was a young person um, in high school, and um, all of the people who were in our group were family. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has carried with me for the rest of my life. When I went into full time ministry right out of college. Quote unquote. <laughs> right. <laughs> Full-time paid ministry. Oh, that's, there, there you go. That's a better that's word a, for it. That's a good word to yeah. plug in there. Anyway, um, when I went into full-time ministry, I I poured my life out. I, mm-hmm. It really was my entire life. Kind of like what he said, I worked day and night. That's yeah. it, it was true. Like, that's what it was like. It was constant life on life, and I always said I believe in relational ministry. And so... Um, Mm-hmm. Everybody who was in my ministry, they did consider me mother. I would get Mother's Day stuff, you know, <laughs> which was funny yeah. because I was a single you so, know, young person. But So back up a little bit. You said that you did have a spiritual mother, spiritual father. And so let me ask a question before I ask that question. Is the concept of a new convert having a spiritual mother and father um, is that a widely understood, received, and recognized thing with uh, within the Christian community? That I would maybe say you've been no. around. Okay, <laughs> I uh, because I have come especially recently. Um, I, okay, I'm I'm called to the church. That's my main call in life. Um, is to the church. Now, I absolutely believe in evangelism, and I do that as well. But my main call is to the church and nurturing yeah. the church and um, being able to bring them closer to the Father. That's really the truth. And mm-hmm. so um, I have come across a lot lately of people who really have felt like spiritual orphans. Yeah. And um, because, you know, the first part of my ministry was with young people, so it was pretty common to to have that, sure. oh, I need a mother figure kind of yeah. thing. But to see all these adults who have never had that and mm-hmm. have never known real family, it's weird to me because that's really a big part of my life is is being yeah. spiritual family. So, so what are some signs of that? Like you say you have people who come to you and they just, they're spiritual orphans. What are, how do you define that? Or what are the indicators that, oh, you're a spiritual orphan? Um, I think it's pretty clear when people don't know how to trust. Um, Hmm. uh, Trust is a big deal. I've seen Hmm. a lack of trust with being intimate, um, with sharing their faith or even being poured into or having even family. The other day, I was shocked by this. Um, There was someone at my house who is even famous and (laughs) has a ton of of friends and... um, 
knows tons of people. And he said, I just, I have never come and shared a meal with anyone but at your house. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, that's crazy to even think about that that isn't, uh, that's hmm. not something that's common for him. And it's because he doesn't feel um, okay to trust intimately people. Hmm. And I didn't realize that, you know, I didn't realize how that many people a lot of sense. are like that. And so for me, you know, we have someone living in our house who we've taken on as family and, yeah. um, to see this, this whole world opened up with, with new trust, new love and understanding that people could actually be who they say they're going to be. Um, it's, it's a different concept for a lot of people. And in the church, we've had a whole lot of distrust happen. We've had a whole lot of, um, just, well, you need to be here for six years and prove yourself before you can do anything. Mm. And it, it's sad that this is how the church is because it's really there. It's clear that people haven't taken the time to really just bring them into relationship with the father and, and the, the most and let the rest happen right as it happens and unfolds so. yeah intimacy has to start with our relationship with god and so a lot of times when people are discipling it is a form and it's a formula basically that they're taken through of well you need to learn this and then you need to learn this and then you need to learn this so it's all the information it is it's it's all from the soul and so the the Mm. thing is if we can bring them into relationship with the father all of a sudden they're like oh my goodness intimacy and so when they experience intimacy from the father all of a sudden they will trust you because you're bringing them straight to the source and so ha the source but anyway um (laughs) at 5 p.m on sunday 45 north market (laughs) I think that, that that's where the... I did roll my eyes. <laughs> yes. I hope you guys heard me rolling my eyes. <laughs> I'm sure everyone did. <laughs> I should insert some little sound clip that indicates Casey rolling his eyes. Like, woo! <laughs> no, don't do that. That'll ruin it. No, it won't. Go ahead. I just did go it ahead. with my voice. Go ahead, go go ahead Chris. <laughs> Thank you for ruining the moment. I'm I did. Kidding. We did. You're we welcome. absolutely did. I don't think we did. <laughs> no, I think, I, I really think that everything stems back from intimacy. Intimacy with God. Um, if you come and lead people into relationship first thing, then it's easy. This is something that is easy to nurture them and to grow them and to be a mother and a father, just like the scripture said. You just do life together and you always lead them closer in relationship to the Lord instead of just giving them, here's how to read your Bible and you got to learn the story of Noah. And, you know, these are not things, even though... I love the Bible, and I love reading the stories of the Bible. It doesn't substitute for relationship. Exactly. And so, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I believe that family, and as a constant, you know, uh, there's a friend that sticks closer to, than a brother, right? right. That's, that's, yeah. that's scripture. And so <laughs> when we look at these things and we see, I, I think it's a lost art form within the church, really. I think we've made it into a gathering mm-hmm. and let the gathering be what's called church. And so I, I think that we're missing things on a huge level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I think there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's change, but not not like we see, you know, um, laid out for us in the in Acts and in the, and in the Gospels. But I mm-hmm. think that all relates to the fact that we've made it something that it was never meant to be, right. you know, and that we have, like we said, we've substituted the gathering for the family, mm-hmm. right? And I was having a conversation with my friend hmm. the other day, and he was, you know, he had been wayward. For, he's been wayward for a while, but he's asking me, he's like, Casey, man, no dogma, no anything, man. Will you just 
talk to me and tell me, you know, what you feel about Christianity. And we, and we just started getting on onto this, this really long drawn out conversation. But in the end I asked him cause he had been hurt by the church. And I said, bro, you know, and I've been friends with him for a while. And I said, bro, let me ask you when you were at that church, did you ever get discipled? He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, did anybody ever take the time, you know, to come around all the time? He's like, no. I said, well, what do, what do, what do you and I do? You know what I mean? Because we've been friends for, you know, six years. Mm-hmm. He's like, we hang out all the time. I said, we did. You know, and that's when life change happened in you and I saw it, right? So we, not because of me, I'm saying because of the relationship and because right. of the fact that we were always together, right? That That's discipleship, friendship, the giving of yourself to mm-hmm. other people. And I think yeah. that this is a lost art form within the church. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a big issue, mm-hmm. you know? And man, yeah, I love what you're talking about there because it's just so, it's, that's deep. That's deep stuff right I, there. I think it's all about environment too. I mean, we all, we know that, I mean, one of the main things, obviously, that we try and do for orphans is get them plugged into families, not just That's right. get them in a big building with more orphans. <laughs> Can you imagine if an orphanage said, we need to grow this orphanage? Yeah. Can, right? And just get a bunch of orphans to hang out together. They'll be fine. The family will develop among them, but if there's no... If there's no mother and father to, I mean, again, it's the family unit, and the body of Christ is a family unit. And I, Casey's over here cracking up. No, I just you said get them around more orphans, and so we've turned we've turned our tor- churches into orphanages rather than families, dude. Oh. Have, well, Lord, help us. Yeah, Lord, dude. help us. Holy Spirit, move and change and bring order to that which we've gotten wrong. Boom. We want to come under the correction of the Father, and this is why we have this, these conversations. Yes, not we because do. not because we feel like we have it all figured out, but. I mean, because we want to ask because I'm a these pro- are questions and these are things that need to be talked about that nobody is talking about, right? Yeah. Well, not nobody, but you know sure. what I'm talking about. Yeah, so um, that family unit, that environment is so imperative and so it's so important um, to get people to, gr- not, to grow up in the faith and, again, not to just consume knowledge but to bring them into oneness with the Father, Jesus's prayer for those who would hear because of those who went was that they would be one as Jesus and the Father were one and that they would be one with the Father and one with each other. And so yeah. he's saying the ultimate goal of this is intimacy, not just having a knowledge. Right. Not a knowledge, but Paul's talking about, and I, and I was thinking about this lately too, is he said, that I, I, we are praying for you that you come to the true knowledge in yes. Christ Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So the knowledge... Right, we're substituting again. We're we're substituting information for knowledge of Christ, which is knowledge in Christ, which is being intimate in Christ. It's right, intimacy, it's, yeah. it's it's what we're talking about. The intimacy will breed everything else that needs to come flowing out of us. All has to come from what Christmas is the source, right? So when we lead them to the Father and not to us or to our building or to our ministry, we're like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have any what pretense. He said we had no pretense of greed. We had no wanting for glory from anybody. Mm-hmm. All we were doing is leading you to the source. That way, everything else comes out, springs out of that organically. Right. Well, Jesus said, if you, he uh, said, in the Great Commission, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. So it's not a we know that because of who Christ was, it's not a law-based, rule-based, works-based obedience. Just because you know the rule, you know how to act. Jesus said, unless you abide in me, you, will, you can't bear any fruit. Yeah, if, you, right. if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. And so that teaching them to obey is teaching them to abide, which is teaching them intimacy with the Father. Because which, when they're intimate with Christ, 
the fruit will come. Right. right. Which and the teaching does not come from curriculum. The teaching comes from disciple being around them so that they can see, right? So that they can look at this and have a picture what as is, a, as a father and mother. What do they do? They see their father and mother acting, and then all of a sudden, that's I bear act. the I bear the image of my dad. You you can look at Mike Tavares and you can say, man, that Casey is Mike's son. You know what I mean? And you know that because I that's what I grew up seeing, right? So that you will emulate and become what your father and your mother mm-hmm. are. You mm-hmm. know. And Jesus said, "I only do." what I see the father father do, right? He didn't say, I only do what the father tells me to do. Right. I only do what I see the father do. And if he sees God in the fullness of his glory, his love, his mercy, his kindness, he sees the father's heart. He sees the father's mind. He says, I'm, that's who I'm going to be because I see it. Isn't that interesting? Whoa. It's It's, it's so good. I love it. I'm I was going. I was going somewhere with this. You said something about. Uh, well, let me take it back because we we were trying to talk about what does a spiritual orphan look like, and you said they they lack trust. Um, I would also say they 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 lack a true understanding of how to be intimate with the Father. They lack a true understanding of of how to um, approach the throne of grace, approach the throne of mercy. It's like they they lack the ability to go to to the river and drink themselves they they want other people we talked a little bit about this they want other people to have the moses mountaintop experience so that he can come down with the glory of the lord upon his face and they could look upon the glory of god upon a man rather than go to the mountain themselves and see the father in his glory and so they're trying to draw from i mean i'll use the phrase no i'm not going to use the phrase from that comes from fear of god right a fear not 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 a healthy fear like like fearing going before him, right? You know, doesn't wouldn't you say? Maybe so. Not tr- not trust, it, not trusting, but trusting that another man can go there and bring it to me, or not knowing than, how knowing not knowing that they themselves can go. Right. I mean, think of a real orphan and how um, they will gather for a morsel, and it's something that they will go and just try to get whatever they can get um, from someone instead of sitting down at a table and and feasting together. I think that the problem most spiritual orphans are not just afraid of intimacy with the Father, but they've never had anyone come around them to do it together. And they don't even, most of them don't even know what that looks like. If you know of an orphan, they don't know that they what a family really is until they're in one. And mm. I think that most of the time, we have people who go and try to feast at church. I, I, I just need to get what I get on Sunday from please, Pastor Please, sir, Paul. can I have some more? Yeah. <laughs> please, sir, may I have some more? Just give me what I need. I need, I need to it go happens. somewhere where I can get fed. You know, I mean, how many times do we hear that? And we don't need to go to a church to get fed. We need to be able to learn how to feast at the table with Jesus. And we need to be able to get fed just with each other in relationship with him. And then it's a daily thing. And the one thing that... Rather than a weekly thing? No, yeah. This whole... It really bothers me. uh, This whole Moses generation versus Joshua generation. This go to someone to receive whatever God has for us instead of take it yeah and just 
and battling for it. Yes. And say, let's, whoever wants to come, come with me. That's what it should be like. And this is what we have to do. We have to move people into a relationship that is a genuine relationship that we all do together and we all go together. And it's not something, I don't know, I tell people all the time, quit saying Christine says this and Christine says that. This you got to test everything from everybody. You need to have your own relationship every day. If you're trying to get fed from Sunday to Sunday, stop. This is not how you cannot eat once a week and expect to grow. This is in real life. You know this. If you eat on Sunday and you never eat again until Sunday, you're obviously not going to grow. Now, if you eat every single day, multiple times a day, your body's going to get nourished and you're going to get the things you need and you'll be able to give what other people need. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to grow people in the faith and become mature sons, (laughs) they have to be mothered and fathered. You know, we have to be those people to them where we can go, come on, let's go, honey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what it needs to be like. Well, yeah. And why do you think that the assault, what is, you know, Satan's assault on, on even in the physical, right? It's a fatherless generation, right? And then why would that not make sense to us in the spiritual aspect as well? Hey, you know what? If I can make these people too busy to, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, if we if we can make people too busy to get together, right? Mm-hmm. The the you know the house divided will not stand. Maybe mm-hmm. not division in a, in a sense of I'm divided against you in my mind, but just maybe just the division, just not together in, yeah. in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're not together, there you know you're talking about the Joshua generation. Hey, let's go take this land. Well, I'm gonna go, and then I mean five. Days later, somebody else is going to go. No, you, when you take when you take a country, you've got to do it together, right? right? So right. if we're not doing it all at the, in accord, right, mm-hmm. in unity, mm-hmm. things aren't going to change, That's right. right? And so you're not going to take the promised land, and you're not going to mm-hmm. be beating back the kingdom of hell. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be doing these things. And so it makes complete sense to me that mm-hmm. Satan would would infiltrate that, and even in the churches. And what you're saying about testing everything, I mean, right. you have to. Yes. I think that we haven't been checking everything in our churches we haven't been checking everything that everybody is saying we're just kind of regurgitating all and i've been guilty of this i just regurgitated information and then had to get and had to get checked by people in my life because it was just like oh i didn't understand that exactly yeah you know what i mean well honestly i wouldn't even understand that concept were it not be for god because he's he gave me a clear word that said don't show anyone anything i haven't first shown you here and i because i think i grew up going well uh i listened to a sermon that i'm like trying to regurgitate what i've learned and that just isn't from him it's coming from the head we need to only give what we have first experienced there and most of the time you can give yeah but see most of our our christian culture has been regurgitating sermons (laughs) that we've heard how many times have we heard the same darn sermon and we're like oh that's a louis giglio sermon you know whatever it is (laughs) you got to say that's true i mean how many times have we done that even with worship music i mean it's like this with everything do worship music is a played out regurgitated thing we just need to to source directly from him, each of us be able to have this rich relationship with him that everything flows out of that mm-hmm. instead of flowing out of somebody else who flows out of somebody else who, who flows, flows out, out of somebody, somebody else. else. I mean, that's why we have gotten so tainted in the church. Well, that's like that's like the game where you have the, where, where they whisper to the, you know, it goes around <laughs> right. the circle and then by the time it gets to the, to the end of the circle, it's completely different than what is originally said. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's funny. I just had this image of, so, you know, a spring, a spring flows downhill. And so have you ever, um, something else rolls downhill. What was it? <laughs> oh, <shut up. laughs> have you, 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, probably, I oh. just I gave the wrong I gave the wrong phrase. <laughs> um, so, have you ever found the source of a spring, like from a rock or from like a mountain? Have you ever seen that? I've been in springs, like in the pools that come yeah, from yeah, yeah. It's just like it's just, it's just right really there. interesting. But I just kind of had this. You know, there's certain portions of the spring where it just becomes like this little tiny stream, but then there's a place where it pools. So then there's the source where it bubbles, and then there's a source where it pools. And it just kind of seems like um, some people are okay with taking what flows downhill and drinking from the pool, which has already flowed and picked up certain things. and Impurities. You know, impurity, yeah. So you can go and drink from where the where Gosh, the spring flows. This is getting really, really deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it really is, dude. It's good, but you know what I mean. And so that's what we're talking about doing: is introducing people into a, that that relationship with the Father. And again, it goes back to Psalm one, where it says, "He who, you know, he's like a tree planted by streams of water, whose mm. leaf doesn't wither and his, bears its fruit in season. And everything he does, he prospers. It's because that root system is rooted into that flowing water, that flowing river, and that's who Jesus is. Yeah. That's who Christ is. So we need to get Christ, it's one thing to know about the river, right? And it's another thing to be a tree planted by the river. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's the river, and it's they say it's 100 feet wide, and it's, you know, whatever. You don't know this joke. But it, there's the river, and it's named this, and it flows from here. And it's like, oh, well, hey, there it is. I can tell you all about that river. Well, have you ever drank from it? Well, no. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, this is, the word says, you know, <laughs> this is one I go back to all the time because people say, well, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. And you said, get away from me. I never knew you. Mm. Now, we think of in the church things like prophesying and like casting out demons as, well, you must obviously have a strong relationship with the Lord. And they're saying, no, no, you are not, you're not sourcing for me. You're not. Having you a can, form of godliness, yet denying its power. That's right. That's because the name of Jesus carries weight no matter who's, u- who's using it. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. However, knowing the Lord's a completely different thing. Precisely. Yeah, that's a scary verse. I mean, oh, it's lovely. It haunts. It's it's it, a beautiful it, it, verse it because me. it's a because it's a man again. It's who Jesus is, and we talked a little bit about this last time. Casey is that the the Father, Christ, by His Holy Spirit, He's always wooing us and drawing us to Him. Jesus wasn't trying to strike fear in the heart of people. He was saying, "Enter into relationship with Me." Yeah. This is ultimately what I want for you. Yeah, it's scary to look at the verse, but every time I read it, my my heart cries, "Lord, I want to know you." Mm-hmm. Gosh, I want to I want to know you. Like I I need to know you. <laughs> and and it's not just so that, you know, he addresses the fear in my heart and I'm able to sleep better at night, but because that is that's the ultimate goal. Goal that's, is to know the Father. Everything. It's everything. It's and, everything. And so Go ahead. <laughs> I was just thinking how um, I think that most of the church has, instead of, I think most people have that desire, I want to know God. I really do think most people do, at least around here. Just the methods uh, that they go about doing that. Well, I think the true, um, I don't know, the true test is, are you pursuing it? When you pursue a woman, y'all, okay, you know, you freaking go after her. You think about her every two seconds. You can't do anything, but how in the heck am I going to get this woman? I, would, I wouldn't know about it, that. Casey knows nothing of this. And <laughs> anyway. I was going to make a comment, but I'll, I'll no comment. 
Go ahead. If you want to know somebody, you pursue them. And it isn't about, well, I'd really like to. So let's pursue them, you know, for 45 minutes. Come on. This is not pursuing. If you want to know God, you seek him. You you look everywhere for him. You Mm. you'll do whatever it takes to Mm. press in. And this is where I think when you can lead people into pressing in and just going after running after and saying, I won't stop until I get you, God. I'm not going to stop until I see you, until I see your face. You know, in, (laughs) you know, we all know the verse, uh, those who are called by my name, who turn from the ways, who seek my face, you know, you know, this whole thing, right? The prayer. Yeah. I, I was in relationship with God one time at a prayer meeting and I was, we were all praying this prayer and I was pressing in and just saying, I want to see you. I want to seek your face. I want to just, I want to be with you. And I remember I just had this clear word from God saying, no one prays this and actually seeks my face. And wow. it was like, oh my goodness, how, how many of us are leaving the most important part out? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to seek his face and we have to show people how amazing it is to do it and yeah. how how it's something to run after and not to walk after and it's something to just pursue with everything you have and that's where most people you know you can't father and mother somebody without walking it yourself yeah. you, just like what you said earlier yeah. about being an adolescent how many people are walking around as adolescents trying to father people yeah they don't get it can't no there's no way no anyway it's tough stuff. So so back up. I know we. this is always good. I don't regret anything we talk about. Um, kind of where I was going earlier was, so give give us attributes of what maybe a spiritual orphan looks like. Someone who doesn't have a spiritual mother or father, someone to nurture, care, encourage, disciple, share their lives with. And I think that's such an important part is the, you know, give them the gospel, but share your life with them. And then even Paul, when he writes, something he writes to Titus he says, the reason that I left you in Crete is so that you might put into, put into order what was left undone and appoint elders. Mm-hmm. Paul knew that the work there was not finished until there were elders established to care for the body of believers there. Mm-hmm. And there's this care aspect. It's not just evangelize and then, oh, hey, we had a baby and let's go have more babies. You know what I mean? He knew the work was unfinished. And I, right. think, that, I think that there's an unfinished work rampant in the church where there's yeah. a lot of people who have heard the gospel and they're not being led by spiritual mothers and fathers and again it's a sharing of your life not just a come and be here on sunday mornings at 11 and then get into a group of wednesdays at seven right and how many and although that's good it's not the fullness right yeah and how many and how many churches have elders right we appoint elders but it's more like of a of a board, a board. thing for them to be able to make decisions, decisions yeah. we're talking about elders mm-hmm. we're talking about elders as a role you know what i mean yeah. like elders as a person that is going to pour in wisdom and guidance and understanding mm. into yes. these people's lives but instead we've we've again doing what men do so so greatly we take the things of god distort them and make them something they were never ever meant to be right and so we this the establishment of elders yes it's crucial absolutely it's crucial man you know and we need more of that dude like 
more men like you know like you and I talked about my dad you know more men like that people that are willing to to do those kinds of things man you know to to be there not yeah the, to be available. not to be unavailable like yeah. oh man I really wish you know, and unfortunately, I've been in churches like that where you're like, "Man, I want to go talk to the pastor." That was great. I mean, he stirred something up in me. I want to go talk to him, but you can't. Get, you can't get to him, man. What's the yeah. point in that? <laughs> yeah, you know what? What's the yeah. point? Who can't? What? Who? What child can't approach their father? A good father, right? So, if you're untouchable, either you're trying to father too many people, or you're not a father, mm. right? That's hard, though. I mean, because there is. <laughs> It is hard. There is a, <laughs> a problem on either side. Yeah. And I think it's because of such a lack of fathers that those who are are overwhelmed. Yes. And I, yes. I know that has been my problem. <laughs> you know, I as agree. <laughs> Past, pastors are some of the most overwhelmed people on the face of the planet. Well, why? Because they because we've made it into a lecture, a gathering that you never see all of these people outside of Sunday, right? So how can you be, how you, you're trying to, you know, father 20,000 kids, yeah. you know, one day a week, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's why we're overworked <laughs> is because yeah. they're not, you're not well, there yeah. the and way a, that you're supposed to And a pastor would say, well, it's not one day a week. Like, I mean, I know pastors who are 24 seven, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I they're understand trying to care that. For the flock, I, I but they're overwhelmed that. because there's a lack of, of spiritual fathers and mothers within the body who are being, um, activated into right. that role and yeah. given the freedom okay. yeah. right. to okay. love and care. It's and right. it's again, it's not a paradigm. It's like, hey, so tell me about your church. Well, I'm the pastor, and then I have an associate pastor. We have a worship pastor. Then we have a kids pastor. Then we have a program pastor and a missions pastor and a this pastor and a that pastor. <laughs> right? Nowhere do they. And and so, how do you guys? Do, what do you do? Well, then we have group leaders. And we have this, that, and the other. But then the phrase spiritual mother and father. We imagine someone saying. Um, yeah, we man, I just love this church. We're trying to activate this body into ministry. Um, we have multiple people who are who have taken on the role of spiritual mother and father to help disciple some of our new converts. And you know, we have twenty spiritual mother and fathers who have just really taken on some people. And and I'm trying to lead this. St- and just imagine hearing that phrase within the the description of what they do. You just don't hear that kind of thing. And so I think that where did you learn that? <laughs> oh yeah it's the uh, spiritual mothers and fathers conference every year and we draw 20,000 no we don't well I would like to propose something different that sure. if you are walking in that then you need no position yeah. because um, I yeah, don't I think I yes I agree with that because I'll tell exactly. you in my life I have people constantly asking to be mentored okay and mm-hmm. That's basically, they're recognizing that they want me to pour into them, right? Well, this is, it's a good thing. Um, And that's where it can get overwhelming. This is why I've created these mentoring groups because, um, actually, it's been way better. It's so amazing. But being able to um, take certain times and just help everyone together, and then I can help people throughout the week with a phone call or, hey, I need you to meet with me for prayer for an hour, whatever, okay. But um, these people, I have just recently met half of them, mm-hmm. 
but I'm still being their spiritual mother. And it's because one person goes, oh, my goodness, you have to come with me to meet her because we've got to. And then they become family. And it's so simple. It's like family in the spirit can be instant. And it's not yes. one of these things that is so like I have to know them for 15 years to be able to get it. And let me just point out that these people that Christine is mentoring and caring for that are coming to her they don't all go to the same church gathering. Oh, no. They're not all plugged into the same Bible studies and programs. Mm-mm. So let me just, for those of you who are out there, maybe you're being stirred as a spiritual mother or father. It can be within the your local body, but if your role is a spiritual mother and father, and I will say this for anybody, if your role is a pastor, teacher, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, you know, whatever it is, whatever your gifting is, it is not just for that local body. It's for the body of Christ right. in all places at all times. Right. Yeah, because, you know, there for me, I do a few different things, and there are people from all over the world who are my who are my sons and daughters, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, in the yeah. faith. And this is something that it doesn't have to be right where you're at. It doesn't have to be um, the place you call home when you worship. Yeah. Um, it really has to do with life on life, and it has to do with constant and it doesn't always have to be like for instance you know we were talking about having to be around somebody all the time it's true but you can be around somebody without actually being physically with them all the time you know there are times when i am contacted in the middle of the night on facebook okay well i'm available okay i'm available for people people know that if they need me i'll be there mm. and that i think is is why people look at me like that and that's and that's a huge indicator because what he says is we not only the gospel but also our lives and Christine makes herself available to I mean if my daughter called me in the middle of the night and needed me I'd be there right yeah and the problem is that when I was when I was in this pastor role and I had however many people coming in the gathering and people coming to me all the time it's like I got to the point where I was shutting my phone off in the middle of the night because I didn't want to take phone calls and I can look back and I know that I did not have the heart of a father for those people and for those of you who had to deal with me during that time I truly am sorry the Lord has shown me so much about myself just during this time and I think what I think the biggest thing for me in that time was that I wasn't I didn't know what it was like to have a spiritual father, therefore I didn't know what it was like to be a spiritual mm-hmm. father. So I just, I think about that, it's the sharing the life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, I mean, again, it's roles and calls within the body. There are some people who fill that role and there's some who don't, mm-hmm. right? And I think that the Lord in season moves people through childhood into adulthood, right. into fatherhood. Yeah. And so anyways, continue. Right, well, and I wanna talk about, I wanna, I wanna kinda, you know, for those for those people that are listening right now that are like, man, that's that's exactly what I want to do. And yet, you know, and here's the thing, Christine, not a lot of people are as fortunate to be in the position that you're in where, you, you know, you're a stay at home mother. You know, you have that kind of time. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is not well, true. I mean, I, I meant, I, no, I meant like I meant like, you know, uh-oh, how people uh-oh. No, I meant not in a time frame like that. But I'm talking about how people have to go out, you know, and they have to do this. Do, they have to be at a, at a specific place at a specific time allotted for them so that they can make money and do their thing. You know what I mean? Like sure. like that kind of time like I'm not saying that your time is expendable or that you're not doing anything throughout the day okay, I'm, yeah. I'm good, saying good recovery recovery <laughs> no like if you got offended by that then that's not my issue you know? <laughs> so going. no no I'm so, just saying yeah. I wanted to address that for so how can how can people how can people that have you know 
you know, a, a job like that or, or that, that's, that's demanded of them? How sure. can they operate and get into that? Because, I mean, I think about myself sometimes, and I'm not a spiritual mother or father, but I can certainly say that when I come home at the end of the day, I am absolutely wrecked. And you can right. ask Jill, like, I have expended everything in my mental bank, my adrenaline bank, my mm-hmm. physical bank, all of it. And I just don't have... You know, like how how the, can we? I how have can a good word yeah, for that great, because you great. know, um, the Lord has has really been teaching me lately about redeeming the time, and we were told to mm. redeem the time. And um, most people, <laughs> I, I listen to a teacher who talks about rich time and poor time, and I think the point is about um, is your time something that is something that you reign over or does time reign over you and this is something Mm -hmm. that i think um it's all about kingdom order and it's about creating um something that comes out of the lord it can't be out of our own systems and structures you know because well you know me i i i'm not a structure kind of person i'm just not and Mm -hmm. so I designed my life to be like it is, first of all, Um, but those who are called into being at a nine-to-five or whatever, um, you absolutely can still redeem the time and not be completely spent. You have to source even where you're working from the Lord. And so when you when you do that, you have physical energy that isn't normal. Supernatural. Yes. You have um you have mental clarity that isn't normal. And these are things that if you do that and you redeem your time, this time can be useful to the Lord and it's something that you can be ministering in the spirit while you're climbing a tree for goodness sake. You know that. <laughs> and so when you are ministering in the spirit, you are just, you're being a mother and father. You're elsewhere. Yes. You are, we're always seated in the heavenly places according to Ephesians 2. And so if that's true, then we're seated there and we're doing the work there. Mm. And it's not about working always on the earth, but I've done stuff in the spirit over people. They have no idea I'm doing for them, but I'm going and I'm pouring stuff out over their lives. And that's something that I care about. You know, that's something that, it's not always easy, believe me. If I'm taking care of a little one-year-old on top of trying to homeschool, and then I have the Zervita business on the side mm-hmm. that everybody's trying to draw from me, I mean, as well as everybody. Okay, the reason I was laughing at you is because everybody thinks, oh, Chris doesn't do anything, so I can call her to do everything. And so oh, everyone yeah. calls me all the time to, uh, can you come do this? Can you take me here? Can you do this? All the time. Because they think you're free. Correct. Yeah. Which And I didn't imply that your time was free. No, it's okay. Anyway, <laughs> the point is... Um, Um, these things, if we will just redeem the time that we have, then we can have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was getting really overwhelmed because I wasn't redeeming the time, I'll be honest. And I was really, um, I was getting overwhelmed completely with constant people always trying to draw from me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I cannot do this. I'm neglecting my family. I'm doing all these things. And really, it was totally God who said, I've given you what you're supposed to do. And he said, create kingdom order again. And so I had to rearrange my life. And I have certain days that are completely packed full of ministry. My Sundays and my Wednesdays are packed full of ministry. The other days, I will do phone calls, I'll do texts, I'll do whatever, but they're committed to my family. Mm -hmm. And so these are things that we can do and we don't have to be completely busy Mm -hmm. because busy is the way of the world. And we have to know that when we're doing this, we're doing it out of a seat of rest and it's not striving. And we can't be striving. When we're striving in the ministry, we're not resting in in the Lord. Yeah, Yeah. That's a very good answer to my question. 
I always say, um, you know, Christ says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, burden and I'll give you rest. Yes. My yoke is easy. And so if you are burdened and heavy, you are not in the yoke of Christ. Right? It's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. Absolutely. So, so something I wanted to touch on just before we, we, we close it up is, so back to Connie and Jonathan, and, and you kind of answered my question just you know, organically through what you were talking about uh, with what you do as you know, a, spiritual, a spiritual mother, a mentor um, to people. Um, what was it, what were the qualities, the attributes, what was it that they did that made them, that's just an indicator of them being spiritual mother and father? Um, that's an interesting question. I would say they absolutely drew us into relationship through real sitting down conversation and then drawing us into worship. Mm -hmm. And worship, I think, was key. So when we worshiped, it was... um, It wasn't, let's do some worship songs and then leave. It was, we're committed to just going before the Father freely. And this is where I became what I like to call a closet charismatic (laughs) is because, you know, um, I, I learned to just worship God. However, I mean, I'll be flat on my face. I'll be, um, whatever it is, I'll be dancing like a crazy person. Uh, it was different and signs and wonders were poured out in, in that group that I was in organically. It wasn't something that was taught. It was something because we were in deep relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. the entire time. And so when it, it really goes back to drawing people into relationship with God and not just being in relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And so you naturally love each other when you are in relationship with the Lord. And what they did for me is they taught me how to pursue God, you know, and how to face to face before him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what creates a a spiritual mother and father. So I trusted them obviously because trust comes from relationship. And so when we, we go in and we bring people to the Lord, I mean, we may have never met them before, but there's an immediate trust that is that is built like that. And so I think that's how they became my spiritual mothers and fathers. And I was even taken out of their group um, completely to where I wasn't even around. Yeah. And they were still spiritual mothers and fathers yeah, to me. I mean, now, sure. you you know, today I'm still in a relationship with them. We yeah, homeschool together. They're fantastic. Yeah. And so for me, I think that that was... It was simply bringing me before the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing us all before the Lord. Yeah. yeah. But they, but they, and here's this word we like to use in churches intentionally, but probably not out of strategy, but out of their heart. It flowed from their heart. And, Absolutely. and I know that you were, you were in this group and there were some other people who were in that group and I, I don't know the percentage of the number, but the majority of the people who were in that group went on to pursue and and serve in some sort of ministry, um, some sort of ministry, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how many, but it was almost everybody who has gone on to be in ministry and not everyone has stayed in full-time paid ministry. Uh, but people have, I mean, you don't leave the ministry when it's part of who you are. And so everyone has, I mean, pursued that. There have been a few, I'll I'll say, who have fallen away, and we still have free will. These things happen in our lives, but I, I absolutely believe they'll come right back because this is, and they also know that 
still they're trustworthy because I know of one who actually she became an atheist mm-hmm. um, later in life and oh wow she still loves and adores Connie and Jonathan Workman even though um, the church has kicked her butt mm. and those I think that shows like I believe you you know I just may not believe the church and what we have to do is be so trustworthy that mm-hmm. of course people believe us what that's everybody's problem with with Christianity yeah. <laughs> oh well the church right, right. <laughs> the what do you church think? is an established mm-hmm. institutional like institution mm-hmm. place right instead right. of the body or the instead people. of instead of a Johnny and Conathan <laughs> <laughs> we do that all the time Johnny and Conathan we yep. always say Johnny say and Conathan <laughs> Yeah, it's so hard to say two names one after the other. Jim and Kasem. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I was a preacher one time and I called you Jim and Kasem. Oh, Kim and Jason. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Nice. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, gosh. Well, goodness gracious. What do, what do we want to leave our, our listeners with today? Anybody have a just a, a final word? You don't have to have a final word. I can give an exhortation. Casey? Uh, no, I, it's important. And this conversation has been really important. And, you know, I felt faith rising up in me, right? Like yeah. These things, right? So we know that it's from the Lord because it's encouraging. It's yes, 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 you know? Right. And so, man, how do we, how do we learn to be fathers and mothers? Pursue the father. Yeah. <laughs> be there. Yeah. So, um, I just want to say that Christine, thanks for coming on and sharing your heart. And I, I just love your authenticity and you, your, your emotion, your passion behind it all. And, and, um, I, I see you, I see you loving people and I've always seen you love people. Gosh, darn Christine, just, she's a lover. She's a lover of people and it's the heart of the father coming through from her. And, and, uh, and I know that that only, it only stems from knowing the father because, it's like yeah. when I start to feel annoyance and irritation, I, I was listening uh, to Cor- uh, Corinthians the other day, First Corinthians, and I started like in 12, and it goes into 13, and it starts talking about love is patient, love is kind. And anybody can say love is patient and love is kind, but then um, it got to where it said love is not irritable, and I thought, oh, God, I don't, I'm not love. I'm like one of the most irritable people that I know. And I just said, God, I, I need to know your love so that I can love others. And it's, that's exactly what it is. It's knowing the Father's love. Again, it's not being able to step into or, or fulfill the role of spiritual mother or father unless you know the Father's love because then you can give it. Mm. You know what I mean? And, I'm, and I think I'm learning. The Lord is teaching me of his love through the love that I have for my daughter. Um, but there's still times where I'm just like, God, I need you to help me love because yeah. it's tough. It's a yeah. it's a it's a love that that um, being a spiritual mother and father and and loving as God loved us is knowing how to give a sacrificial love. Love is when we love. You are of God. We you're of God, right? What what does it say in a? I think it's in First John. Or maybe Second John, or maybe this Third is John. how we know love. Right? It says, "It says if if you don't love your brother, the love of the Father's not in it is you. not in you." And there's some times where I see that it's not there, and I'm like, "God, I need you to put this <laughs> there. I need you to do this. I need you to do this." But it's a sacrificial love, and and again, just going back to to end on the scripture, he said, "Not only the gospel, but also our lives." And so, 
one thing I had said recently was, you know, it's fearful enough for me to consider sometimes sharing my faith with someone, let alone sharing my life, to know that, okay, we can get you trained up to share the gospel, that's good, but have we, get, have we gotten you trained up to share your life? Mm. And I think that's a big thing. It, let's not just talk about evangelism training. Let's talk about love training. Right. Right? We can do all these things. We can have the tongues of angels. We're, if we'd have love, we're nothing. Right. And, and, and I think that that's, that ultimately is, is how we know if... Um, and how hard was it, Jason, you know, uh, pouring into my life, you know, providing me a place to stay? being there through drugs and, and alcohol, being there through nights where I couldn't even remember the conversation because I was so high. But what, what was propelling that? You know, how, how hard was that? But at the same time, yeah, what did it, it? But the benefits, you know, uh, for I'm not saying benefit like it's a, some sort of program, but a be, the, what, what it affected, how it affected me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In, in the long run, has established something between you and I that can't be that can't be measured, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. except for by you and I. And you and I K- know it. Casey know was I mean? one of the, he's one of the few people in this world that um, I wanted nothing more than to be angry and mean and reject during certain times when you did certain things. And I always said, I can't, I can't help but love Casey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew there was something in you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I couldn't let you go. I couldn't reject you. And that's the love of the Father when he sees right. beyond right. what we see now. And he loves through that. He shows immense grace and immense mercy. And that's the only, that's the only real picture of, of this kind of conversation. To me, that's the only thing that I have to draw upon. I mean, I'm not saying, like Christine's been there for me. Other Christians have been there for me. But as far as discipleship and as... You know, you you're not necessarily fathering, but that's the that's the only relationship that I can it's, really draw off. And I knew how, and I know how beneficial that has has been. Yeah, you know. Well, that, I felt like I was seed. sharing my life with you. Exactly, at that point. So, I really was. I invited yeah. you in, and I'm just getting trying to get the point across that it's ugly. <laughs> changing, yeah. changing diapers, changing diapers, and, and you know, dealing with the mess, up puke, and it's all that fun stuff. So that's if you're changing called, if spiritual you're diapers that. and cleaning up spiritual puke. You have to be ready for it. <laughs> you got to be ready <laughs> it's for true. it. It's true. Yeah, Christine, thank you so much. We love you. I love you, Casey. I love, I love you. you, and I and I love your time. Oh, it's such a feel good oh, podcast. We love everybody. <laughs> and just, Kumbaya, my lord. Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys for listening to Salty Dogs Podcast. Being sure and check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and uh, Google Play. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Salty Dogs Cast. We're also on Facebook. Um, If you check out our Facebook, you can find a link to sign up for an email. We haven't sent any out yet, but we also haven't gotten very many emails. So if you want to hear from us. um, Also, I wanted to say, I was thinking about this the other day, um, questions, comments, that kind of stuff. Like, we want to hear from you. Um, Not only bad things, but maybe we sparked something or whatever it is. Um, You can email saltydogspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love um, just to hear and, and... see what you're thinking and yeah and i'm and i'm also you can hit me up on facebook you can message me if you want to i don't care man i'll talk to anybody about casey taveras tavers taverns tavers tavares <laughs> travers travers yes Tra- 
Casey traverses. I've had Casey traverses, which actually is funny because traversing in a tree means you're going from one tree to the other. How about that? Without going, without touching the ground. And we all know Casey's an arborist because he can't shut up about it. I, bro, <laughs> just kidding. It's sacred. We've done two podcasts it's talking sacred, about Casey. Man. Oh gosh, Christine, say bye. Bye. I love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>